Book One, Chapter Three of Robert Falconer by George MacDonald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Robert Falconer by George MacDonald. Book One, Chapter Three, The Boar's Head. Miss Napier was the eldest of three maiden sisters who kept the principal hostelry of Rothieden, called the Boar's Head, from which, as Robert reached the square in the dusk. The mail coach was moving away with the fresh quaternion of horses. He found a good many boxes upon the pavement close by the archway that led to the inn yard, and around them had gathered a group of loungers, not too cold to be interested. These were looking towards the windows of the inn, where the owner of the boxes had evidently disappeared. Saw ye ever sich a sight in old town afore? said Dubal Sanny as people generally called him, his name being Alexander Alexander, pronounced by those who chose to speak of him with the ordinary respect due from one mortal to another, Sandy Elshender. Double Sandy was a shoemaker, remarkable for his love of sweet sounds and whiskey. He was, besides, the town crier, who went about with a drum at certain hours of the morning and evening, like a perambulating clock, and also made public announcements of sales, losses, etc. For the rest, a fierce fighting fellow when in anger or in drink, which latter included the former. "'What's the sixth, Sandy?' asked Robert, coming up with his hands in his pockets of his trousers. "'Sich a sixth as ye never saw, man,' returned Sandy. "'The bonniest lady ever man set his eye upon. I could nae have thought there had been such a woman in this world hoot sandy said robert a body would think she was lost and ye had the crying of her speak lower man she'll maybe hear ye is she in the inn there ay is she answered sandy see such a whirl of kiss as she brought with her he continued pointing toward the pile of luggage saw ye ever such a heap it just beats me to think that a body can do with so many kisses for I may not doot, but there's something or other in ilka one of em. Naebody would carry a boot empty kiss with them. I cannot make it oot. The boxes might well surprise Sandy, if we may draw any conclusions from the fact that the sole implement of personal adornment which he possessed was two inches of a broken comb, for which he had to search when he happened to want it, in the drawer of his stool among all the lumps of rosin for his violin masses of the same substance wrought into shoemaker's wax for his ends and packets of boar's bristles commonly called bursts for the same are they an all's bodies asked robert troth are they they're all hers i wot ye would have thought she had been given to the bothy but given she had been there there would have been a carriage to meet her said crooked connell the ostler the bothy was the name facetiously given by Alexander Baron Rothy, son of the Marquis of Boarshead, to a house he had built in the neighbourhood, chiefly for the accommodation of his bachelor friends from London during the shooting season. "'Hold your tongue, Cammel," said the shoemaker. "'She's nae such cattle, you. "'Hold up the bit, stable lantern, man, and let Robert here see the direction upon them. "'Maybe he'll make something of it. "'He's a fine scholar, ye can.' said another of the bystanders the ostler held the lantern to the card upon one of the boxes but robert found only an m 
followed by something not very definite, and a J, which might have been an I. Rothiedon, Driftshire, Scotland. As he was not immediate with his answer, Peter Lumley, one of the group, a lazy ne'er-do-well, who had known better days, but never better manners, and was seldom quite drunk, and seldom or still quite sober, struck in with, "'Ye do not ken a thing yet, ye see, Robbie.' From Sandy this would have been nothing but a good-humoured attempt at facetiousness. From Lumley it meant spite, because Robert's praise was in his ears. "'I do not pretend to ken all more than ye do yourself, Mr. Lumley, and that's nae saying muckle, surely,' returned Robert, irritated at his tone more than at his words. The bystanders laughed, and Lumley flew into a rage. "'Hold your ill tongue, ye brat!' he said. "'What are ye to make such remarks upon your betters?' anybody kens your grandfather was nothing but the blind piper of portaladi this was news to robert probably false considering the quarter whence it came but his mother wit did not forsake him weel mr lumley he answered did not he pipe weel dar ye tell me at he did not pipe weel and weels ye could have done it yourself knew mr lumley the laugh again rose at Lumley's expense, who was well known to have tried his hand at most things and succeeded in nothing. Dubal Sanny was especially delighted. Devil have ye for the devil's brat, and I should swear, was all Lumley's reply, as he sought to conceal his mortification by attempting to join in the laugh against himself. Robert seized the opportunity of turning away and entering the house. That un's no to be drunt or burnt, other said lumley as he disappeared he'll no be hanged for closing your mouth mr lumley said the shoemaker thereupon lumley turned and followed robert into the inn robert had delivered his message to miss napier who sat in an armchair by the fire in a little comfortable parlour held sacred by all about the house she was paralytic and unable to attend to her guests further than by giving orders when anything especial was referred to her decision she was an old lady nearly as old as mrs falconer and wore glasses but they could not conceal the kindness of her kindly eyes probably from giving less heed to a systematic theology she had nothing of that sternness which first struck a stranger on seeing robert's grandmother but then she did not know what it was to be contradicted and if she had been married and had had sons perhaps a sternness not dissimilar might have shown itself in her nature no ye might not go on away till ye get something she said after taking the receipt in request from a drawer within her reach and laying it upon the table but ere she could ring the bell which stood by her side one of the servants came in please ma'am she said Miss Letty and Miss Lizzie seen after the bonny laddie, and so I mount come to you. Is she all that bonny, Meg? asked her mistress. Na, na, she's na so fearsome bonny, but Miss Letty's uncle taken with her, ye can. And we all say as Miss Letty says in this hoose, but that's no the point. Mr. Lumley's here, seeking a gill. Is he to have it? as he had enough already do you think meg do not ken aboot enough ma'am that's ill to miser but i do not think he's had o'er muckle well let him take it but do not let him sit doon very well ma'am said meg and departed 
What gars Mr. Lumley say at my grandfather was the blind piper of poor Cloddy? Can you tell me, Miss Napier? asked Robert. When said he that, Robert? Just as I came in. Miss Napier rang the bell. Another maid appeared. Send Meg here directly. Meg came, her eyes full of interrogation. Do not give Lumley a drop. Set him up to insult a young gentleman at my door check. He's no had a drop here the night. He's had ore muckle, Meg, already, and ye ought to have seen that. Deed, ma'am, he's had more than ore muckle then, for there's another gill o'er the trapple of em. I div my best, ma'am, but never tasted myself. I cannot I tell who's muckle and the warm of anybody that comes in. You're no fit for the place, Meg, that's a fact. At this charge Meg took no offence, for she had been in the place for twenty years, and both mistress and maid laughed the moment they parted company. "'What's this that comes the next, Miss Napier, as they're so taken with?' asked Robert. "'Atweel, I did not ken yet. She's our bonny by a coons to be going about alone. To mercy the barons know at home, and would have to lock her up with the forks and spoons.' "'What for that?' asked Robert. But Miss Napier vouchsafed no further explanation. She stuffed his pockets with sweet biscuits instead, dismissed him in haste, and rang the bell. "'Meg, whar have they put in the stranger, laddie?' "'She's no going to bide at our house, ma'am.' "'What, say ye, lass? She's never going o'er to Lucky Happits, is she?' "'Oh, nay, ma'am. She's a lady, ilka inch of her.' but she's some relation to the old captain and she's gone doon the street as soon as Cammel's ready to take her bit boxes in the barrow but i doot there'll be most three barrowfuls of them at will ye can go on end book one chapter three